0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC
1: Radio Melbourne and Victoria
2: significant
3: changes about to be announced to Victoria's commitment to and creation of the Commonwealth Games in 2026. Richard Miles, always good to talk to you. Good
0: morning. Do you have any knowledge of what's just about to be announced today by the state government, by the Premier?
4: Uh, well, they do have a, a, a general focus. Look, I, I, I listened to your news bulletin and as I was waiting for this interview, but I, I think I'll leave those announcements to the Victorian government. Uh, we have
5: informed Commonwealth Games authorities of our decision. Um, to seek to terminate the contract uh, and to not conduct, not not host the games.
2: John Pesuto, uh was this a surprise to you?
5: Oh, uh,
4: look, it, it's a complete debacle,
6: Virginia. This this is a betrayal of regional Victoria. It shows that the state
5: really is broke.
3: It was billed as a huge win for regional Victoria from sporting infrastructure, housing, jobs and tourism. So many people in the regions were banking on this Games. So what does it mean for locals and individuals who live in these areas, not to mention the athletes and their families who are now wondering, how did this happen? What's next? Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host today, Kirsten Diprose joining you from ABC Warnable. Kirsten, I have shocked a lot of people this morning when I've rung them to get their comment on the news of the cancellation of the Commonwealth Games. Many people said you have got to be joking.
0: Is this possible? true. That's exactly what I said to you, I think, when you rang me. And that reverberated around as well. When I started calling people around my region, look, I'm sitting in Warrnambool, but, you know, calling lots of people in in Ballarat and Geelong and beyond. Because We all remember, you know, it was April last year when the Premier Daniel Andrews stood in the middle of Eureka Stadium in Ballarat and made this, you know, fantastic announcement that the games, the Commonwealth Games were coming. It was going to be in Geelong, Bendigo, Ballarat, locations in Gippsland and Shepparton. And, you know, an opportunity for towns that really don't get many opportunities to be on the world stage and to attract a lot of visitors. Now we know the reasons. It's a lot of money and that's the that's the problem. Now we
3: have heard that the government, the state government has said that they will still invest in infrastructure and they will still invest in housing. How that looked? we don't know yet. We don't have the finer details on that. But this is the issue that concerns so many regional Victorians at the moment, is that we do have a huge housing problem. They will need that commitment to be honoured. The infrastructure, and it's the ongoing impacts that the Commonwealth Games would have had long-term for regional Victoria. So, yes, the Games... That's one thing. And whether you're into the games or not into the games, it's almost irrelevant because the infrastructure that was left behind if it was done well, would have had such long lasting impacts for parts of the region to host other events, to bring in tourism, for people to have the security to set up small to medium sized business, for people to move there and to live there and to put their roots into regional Victoria. So it's more than just those 10 days, whether or not you're into the Commonwealth Games, this will have a ripple effect. And that's what we want to look at today, how it will affect you. This is already starting to to ripple out across the globe at the moment though Kirsten.
0: Yeah and look I'll I'll be keeping an eye across the, the live blogs you know across Australia and the world as people react to this news I'm very interested to hear what uh, London has to think of this um, but you know just on Twitter a few minutes ago um, the Mayor of Perth Basil Zemplis is calling on the Premier of Western Australia Roger Cook to host the Twix. 22- 2026 Commonwealth Games in Perth. You know, he's tweeted saying, Not often you get a second chance like this. Uh, there are calls in New South Wales as well to host the Comb Games. Um, you know, there are uh, John Coates has said, There's no question we've got the venues and March would be a good time to host it. So, John Coates, the former Australian Olympic Committee head, according to the Daily Telegraph. So, people are already talking about it yeah. in, in other places. But I think we've got a kind of Westerland shock. Here, but look, I mean, the the, the premier has indicated that um, you know they will be honouring some of those um, you know commitments to social housing that had been made because that is the issue that we're grappling with. How mm-hmm. do we afford a games when we don't have the the money for it? And there's great debate about whether this is you know is this a a, a sign of responsible government in that the money. You know that they, they they've thought about it and said it's, it might be costing seven billion dollars, not the two point six
3: they thought. Elise already says tourism would have only lasted for two weeks. Shell and Kirsten, surely this allows for more lasting tourism as well as sports facilities and all the impacts of housing that we've been crying out for, and that's a big part of it. It's less about those two weeks and the long term impacts and what the commitment to housing, what the commitment to infrastructure will look like going forward, and what sort of commitment. We will get in regional Victoria. So how does the cancellation of the Commonwealth Games affect you?
1: On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria.
3: This is the Conversation Hour. Good morning, Rochelle Hunt here with you in Melbourne. Kirsten Diprose is your co-host today, joining you from ABC Warnable in the Southwest. And initially the Southwest was kind of feeling a little bit bruised, so to speak.
0: <laughs> Yes, we missed out. Um, you know, everyone heard I was going, it was coming to regional Victoria, so we're all excited about the locations. And finally, when it was announced, we went, "Ah, okay, it's uh, it's not in southwest Victoria." But look, Ballarat and Geelong's not far away, and we all got over it and started to embrace it.
3: Andrea Metcalf is the Bendigo mayor and the chair of Regional Cities Victoria. Andrea, how were you told of this news?
7: Formed um, just before it was um, going out to the meeting this was um going to be the announcement today we're a little disappointed and a little shocked with the news that came through um but listening uh to what the premiers had to say there are some bright spots in the announcement the one billion dollar funding for uh social housing across the regions will be welcomed um the Projects, the infrastructure that was going to be built for the sports is still going to be built, so there will be that legacy. Um, there'll also be uh, a big investment in tourism in the in the regional cities and. We did think it was always, from a regional cities perspective, it was for all 10 regional cities, not just the five cities that were hosting events. Yeah, Andrea,
0: for- you, you, you and, uh, you know, regional cities Victoria had, you know, what's called the winning formula for regional Victoria and with the six key areas um, for the long-lasting benefits of regional Victoria. How are you assessing those when the games have been taken away?
7: Yeah, no, we're going to have to do some work. Um, regional cities will put out a press uh, media about it, an announcement. Um, but, yeah, we're, we are assessing those. Um, you know, we can only work with what we've got that's going to come our way and we will work with that. As I said, we don't have much more of the detail than mm. what you That's been announced this morning. Uh, You know, the community sporting infrastructure, we've certainly, across all of the regional cities, will have uh, community groups that will be looking for upgrades in some way or some
3: sort of commitment. So, yeah, awaiting the
7: details on
3: that. Are you concerned or potentially maybe happy about the idea that there is still, we're being told, the Premier's announced a $2 billion spending package for regional Victoria to make up for the loss of the Games to try and boost facilities in host centres. That includes a $1 billion regional housing fund to build uh, 1,300 new homes across regional Victoria. But I guess the detail is still light there. They haven't had a lot of time, of course, to go into it. But are you hopeful that that will be honoured and that you will get the things that you need, especially when it comes to housing?
7: Absolutely. Um, I'm confident that the state government will deliver on that um, across the regions, especially the housing, the 1,300 new homes. Um, I'm very confident about that. Um, the sporting infrastructure, like there was the specific projects that um, the Deputy Premier, the Honourable Jacinda Allen, announced today as well, which is exactly the projects that are have been, you know, costed and um, being looked at um, in detail with the designs. So we're confident that those will go ahead. Um, you know, the investment in tourism is great. Would have been great to have been on the world stage because Commonwealth Games is certainly set for TV, Um, So we will miss that bit, but we will look um, for that um, investment in tourism as to what that brings to the regions.
3: Good to hear from you. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Andrea Metcalfe is the Bendigo Mayor and Chair of Regional Cities. We'll try Pete again, who's in Ballarat. Morning, Pete.
8: Um, We have a hotel that's kind of halfway between um, the the heart of Ballarat and, and the main stadium, Eureka Stadium. Um, and for us we're really looking forward to not just having 12 days of sport, but being able to showcase our incredible city to the rest of the world and I think that's something that that is going to be really hard to quantify in dollar terms and what that what that value would have meant to us as a city um, so for for me I think it's incredibly it's, it's disappointing I understand the, the economics of it and I think that's sensible but there's part of it a part of us I'm sure that are going to be really heartbroken that we don't get you know in a, in a a global way to be yeah. able to showcase our city.
3: There's a lot of people saying, oh, Rochelle, you're just making really big assumptions here about the Games and how it will bring anything from long-term jobs or new business. Um, you need people to move to the regions, not just a few tourists. What do you think about the long-term impacts, Pete, around what the, just the spotlight of the Commonwealth Games would do beyond the 10 days of the events?
8: I think look at look at Melbourne as a legacy from when Melbourne last hosted and what that has meant for sporting infrastructure what it's meant for um, investment in um, in sport itself I think it goes beyond that 12 days for me this the legacy stuff is really really important that we have world class facilities in our major regional cities so that we can host these major world class events and it's not just sport it's it's cultural events, it's arts events, it's it's a whole bunch of stuff that, that sits around this. So it's not just the twelve days of sport for us. It's it's what that meant mm. from a, a legacy point of view, and I think that that kind of um, again, I don't think that can be quantified in dollar terms, really.
0: Vic is in Chelsea. Hi, Vic. What are your thoughts on the cancellation, and does it affect you?
7: Well, I, I thought we should be less dramatic and emotionally charged speeches. I mean, for once, we have a. Minister, Prime Minister, who's prepared to say that six, seven billion dollars when we were expected to pay two billion is just not worth the money. Now I, I appreciate I appreciate what the previous caller said, but do you honestly think the hotels in the region need four billion? I mean, do you think that represents good value?
3: Good to hear from you as well, Vic. And numbers one three hundred triple two seven seven four. It was certainly billed as a huge tourism draw card. Felicia Mariani is the CEO of Victorian Tourism Industry Council. Felicia, were you surprised by today's, today's announcement? Well,
9: probably a range of emotions went on today. I mean, we were pretty shocked when we learned initially. Um, but I have to say there was an element of not being so surprised because I know in talking to many in our industry, um, tourism as an industry had really not been engaged very much at this stage. We're only two years and a bit out from the date of hosting the games. And I know a lot of people were becoming very concerned about um, you know, when are they going to get in touch? When are we going to actually have a chance to start talking about what we need to do to support this effort, which would have been a huge exercise for the industry. So, you know, there was, I guess, starting to be some concerns that there hadn't been any connections or contacts and kind of where are we in all of this. So while there was a massive level of, of shock and disappointment, I'm not um, undervaluing that at all. Um, How long would you need... ...an element of not being surprised. Sorry. Uh- sorry, Felicia, how long would you
0: need, you know, to start thinking about tourism campaigns or what would you normally be thinking about
9: with a big event like this a few years out? Yeah, look, I mean, let's think about when you normally put on a major event like this, there's generally six, eight, ten years to prepare. Um, in the case of the Olympics, it's ten years out that you know that you're hosting. Generally with the con Games, I think it was six to eight years. But when we pick this up last year 18 months ago we probably had about four years at that point in time so even that was a very abbreviated period for us to deliver and then on top of that you know, we were planning on delivering this in five different regions across the state. So there was a massive logistic exercise, logistics exercise for the industry in moving people from, you know, from the city to the regions, getting people around in the region for the games. Accommodation was going to be problematic, of course, because there was not enough accommodation across regional Victoria to actually host all of the spectators that were being um, expected. So engaging with the industry... At least three years on is, is probably very much minimum to be able to start to think about all the things that we needed to do to help support the delivery of the experiences, the logistics of moving people, and providing the accommodation that was going to be necessary. So we were fast running out of time, sitting here in mm. two years and a bit out.
3: And we hadn't even sort of really looked at some of the work that still needed to be done when it came to our train lines and our train oh, system. That's
9: that's right. That's exactly but there right. was a
3: huge opportunity to use, I guess, the Commonwealth Games mm-hmm. as a way to get stuff done that we already needed done on a timeline. So now mm-hmm. that that timeline is taken away, whether it be for housing or whether it be for tourism, does, is that mm-hmm. or should that be a concern?
9: Look, I think there were there were some great legacy projects across the board, not just for tourism, but absolutely for infrastructure, for housing, for roads and transport. All of these things, I know many regional communities were very focused on. From a tourism point of view, I think the you know the major thrust was, of course, that we were going to be putting regional Victoria on a global stage for 12 days in March 2026. Um, that did have. legacy creation for us in really being able to profile regional Victoria as a great place for international visitation. Let's remember that 80% of our visitation in regional Victoria actually comes from Victorians, from people in our own state. So this was a great opportunity to profile the amazing experiences and the beautiful landscapes of the state, which we will lose out on, but there is a chance to recover
0: felicia with your experience in tourism as the ceo of the victorian tourism industry council would there have been long-lasting benefits because that's the argument we're getting look 12 days that's what we've missed out on who knows if there would have been much more to it was there long-lasting benefits in your experience
9: look i've i've worked on a lot of major events Also in a marketing space, even though I'm with an industry council now, I've actually worked for STOs across three states. I was in Sydney at the time that we delivered the Sydney 2000 Olympics. And probably one of the biggest, to be frank, one of the biggest failures of hosting the 2000 Olympics was that there was not an investment in the post-event leveraging so it's not just what you do for 10 or 12 days. And in the case of the hosting of the Olympics over that period, part of the problem was you actually need to be prepared to continue to leverage on that profile that you built. So it's not just about those two, those 12 days and investing in those 12 days. You have to be prepared to invest in creating and, and as I say, leveraging the profile that's built over those 12 days. Now, I think we probably had the ability to do a, a very good job of that here in Victoria. I think we were well poised. Now, we have lost that opportunity to put the destination on a global stage. There is a tourism marketing package that we understand. There'll be details coming out about this tomorrow. Um, and we will, you know, look with great interest at what's in that package, how it's going to work. Um, it's not just about the marketing of this. We have to remember that it's also about the infrastructure investment that was going to happen, the creation of new visitor experiences to attract these new markets that we're looking Mm. to attract into our regional areas. So... This isn't about just spending a lot of money on marketing. We need to ensure that the industry is actively engaged in how, whatever that package looks like, how that money is going to be invested in supporting the industry across marketing as well as across industry development and across infrastructure. Those are the three key areas of tourism that we're going to be looking at as the Industry Council.
3: Felicia, good to speak with you as always. Thanks so much. That's a pleasure, Rochelle. Thank you. See you, Felicia Mariani is the CEO of the Victorian Tourism Industry Council. Rochelle Hunt here with you on Melbourne. Kirsten Diprose, your co-host today, joining you from ABC Warnable. How does, if the cancellation of the Commonwealth Games, does it affect you in any way? Are you glad to see it cancelled or are you bitterly disappointed?
1: This is The Conversation Hour.
3: On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Rochelle Hunt with you in Melbourne. Kirsten Dipper is joining you from ABC ball reacting to the news of the cancellation of the Commonwealth Games. This text, we can't even get builders to build our single house, so how on earth would we get all that infrastructure to happen in time for a major event? And this, my goodness, the Games. Many local councils said that they couldn't afford the Games. The, the government has said they will honour the infrastructure commitments. Cancelling the Games looks like a win to me, says Anita. Yeah, Craig, says just another kick in the guts for regional Victoria. None of the infrastructure will be built. It all comes down to Dan and how much he cares about the regions or about Melbourne.
0: Rochelle some more international reaction coming through Nikki Nicole the chief executive of the New Zealand Olympic Committee has released a statement saying that Victoria's sudden withdrawal um, is disappointing um, that this was unexpected and unsettling for New Zealand team athletes who were working towards a game close to home in just under three years time she added we are looking to the Commonwealth Games Federation as it begins a process to appoint a new host for 2026 the state government has told us that they will still invest in
3: infrastructure because for so many areas of the regions they were going to get great new stadiums or pools or just parts that would help then once the games are over that local sports grass sport grassroots sports would benefit from some of this infrastructure that's being built already preliminary we've been told that they will still invest Sarah Lowe who is the previous CEO of South Metro Junior Football League and also the previous executive manager for the future healthy group at Vic health who I think is on her way to warnable where Kirsten is at the moment you are so invested in regional sport Sarah what are the long-term impacts for this can there be a positive if the infrastructure is still built will it be built maybe fit for purpose for the locals as a opposed to the Commonwealth Games?
10: Oh look I think the as long as the commitment and and the government can see through the infrastructure investment into the regions I think um, it's going to be impactful for for all the locals to have those types of facilities are going to be wonderful and I only hope that the government can uh, can keep on with that commitment because they've uh, committed to the Commonwealth Games and now they can't afford it so we want to make sure that that investment is still into the regions and, and that these facilities don't become white elephants in those areas because the Comm Games are really needed to to to
0: drive all that participation rates. The knock-on effects when talking about health and sport and the benefits of that has been raised. I heard on Virginia Trioli's program, an athlete talking about that as a, as a reason why the Comm Games should be here is that a valid reason too? Does it does having something like the games actually improve the lives of people living in the towns in Victoria?
10: Oh, Kirsten, one hundred percent. I mean, at the moment, uh, Kieran Perkins is CEO of of um, Sport, and you know, there's a there's a current co-design of a national participation strategy. That's, uh, you know, that's gone through every state of Australia that's asked every sport to participate in this. And, and I sat in that um, about four weeks ago. And, and the big key thing here was the, the legacy of the Com Games uh, and the Olympic Games that, that will actually have an impact on actually participation. And they weren't talking about elite. They were actually talking about the community and needing to increase participation. And that's what Comp Games and Olympic Games bring.
0: Uh, look, I come from a biased perspective. I did athletics as a kid and I loved it. And my kids uh, do, uh, you know, they're quite young, but they're really getting a love for cross country and for athletics and they seem to be quite good at it. And I personally was looking forward to taking to the, to the games and saying, hey, have a look at this in your own backyard. Um, you know, those opportunities aren't there anymore.
10: Oh, couldn't couldn't agree with you more, Kirsten. It just it does motivate and inspire. I mean, that's what these games actually do. Uh, you know, I see it from the grassroots perspective. You know, if there's AFLW or, you know, even with the Women's World Cup, that um that friendly game that was done last week at Marvel Stadium, I was actually there. And, you know, mine's not a soccer background, but I could not believe fifty thousand uh, spectators watching the game it was yeah. absolutely electrifying to see those young girls in those sam ker tops and and just how many you know young girls are going to be going to be playing soccer it has an impact
3: absolutely and that's exactly what we'll be talking about on air tomorrow with you sarah because we're looking at that on flow (laughs) impact like there there will be and this will be tomorrow's program an onslaught phones will be ringing off the hook from local soccer groups of people and young women in particular and older women as well who will want to play soccer so that roll-on effect is huge we'll chat to you tomorrow sarah
10: (laughs) we will we'll hold that one more for tomorrow we will
3: (laughs) take care drive safe sarah lowe who was formerly of south metro junior football league and also from vic health as well well jeremy crawford has called our talk back line he's the chief executive officer of the geelong chamber of commerce jeremy how does today's announcement affect geelong the text line is really divided between this is a great decision and those who are really disappointed where do you stand
4: well, thank you, Rochelle. And I think very similar to Felicia Mariani's response, it's quite mixed. Uh, one thing we did gather over the last few months is that particularly the business community in Geelong um, had really lost some confidence in the government's lack of detail and commitment. And so whilst it is obviously a shock, um, it's possibly not a surprise to some who really were holding on to some very bare threads of information uh, without any particular level of commitment and detail from the government leading into this.
0: Jeremy Crawford, would you even go so far to say it was a relief? Just listening to some of the mayor's reactions we've heard earlier this morning um, and councils saying they were concerned about how they're going to bring things together so quickly. Is there a sense of relief amongst some parts of the community?
4: I think some parts will feel relief. And I think it's probably also just providing some clarity that um, there are organisations that need to make some quite significant decisions strategically if you're in or community, for example, it's around where do you invest in participation and what type of infrastructure surrounds that. Um, obviously, if you're City of Geelong or any other council in regional Victoria, you're making decisions about what type of service provision is required to some of these legacy items. So, I believe there will be some relief for some areas, but I think also just some clarity now that there's some confidence that organisations can move ahead uh, knowing what the landscape looks like mm. and not necessarily having to play this waiting game of is this going to be good or is this not? And uh, and how much longer are we going to need to wait?
3: There's a text here that says, I understand the reasons for cancelling the games, but I had a job lined up to launch a new business for the games by Christmas 2023, around 10 to 15 new local hires, starting in early 24. Those opportunities are now gone. Do things like that 100%. concern you?
4: Yeah, they do. And I think the premier release or uh, the... Um uh, there were some announcements just recently that there were approximately 600 pre-game jobs, uh, about three and a half thousand jobs would be active on the games itself and a legacy of 300, uh, sorry, 3,000 jobs post-game. So those sorts of numbers, um, are quite considerable and we know are much needed in some of these high population growth areas like Geelong. Um, it's no doubt going to affect different businesses and different sectors in different ways. Um, one thing we'd also like to make sure is that so that we don't have another announcement with lack of detail and commitment, that there's some really considered planning about these infrastructure projects and housing and so forth um, and allowing the time to get it right. I think that's the most important component. Um, there's some opportunity here for all of these regional cities and towns to benefit properly from these couple of billion dollars uh, that the Andrews government's putting forward and committing mm-hmm. to. Um, And we want to make sure that areas like small business are supported so that if it's not building a business on the back of Commonwealth Games, how does the government continue to build small business support for other areas and other items on the back of some of these investments being announced today?
0: You raise some very good points. Thank you, Jeremy Crawford, Chief Executive Officer at the Geelong Chamber of Commerce.
3: This text Victoria would have been showcased internationally as a laughing stock. Visitors relying on slow, unreliable and often cancelled V-line services across regional Victoria. That was Nick in Shepparton. And I know last time, and we'll have a chat to Fiona Parker from ABC Bendigo, who's the breakfast presenter there in just a tick, but we did a program not too long ago looking at how ready are we? it's kind of just around the corner and trains were a huge issue and some trains were still in the middle of being built or being commissioned to be built.
0: You know it's a perennial conversation that happens before every big event. I grew up in Sydney. I remember the Sydney Olympics. I was 15. It was a fantastic event but before it there was panic that nothing was going to be ready. I grew up in Penrith and there was panic that we didn't have the station or anything ready but you know what like magic the infrastructure (laughs) came and the station was beautiful we got a rowing regatta which is still used today wow. and you know it it was I, I think a you know a good thing i haven't checked in on the region well enough in the last few years but it was a really good thing for for our area at the town at the time despite all the criticism it always happens and had a little bit of magic to get you through well you never know who's listening to abc local
3: radio bruce quick is out on the road and as a former commonwealth games athlete he's been to seven commonwealth games won 14 medals bruce what was your reaction to this
5: um i i couldn't believe it um my jaw dropped uh i don't understand how you can agree to put on a Commonwealth Games and then, with three years to go, pull out. Um, it's it's unprecedented.
3: A lot of people, Bruce, are saying good. I'm glad this is a really good decision. Would you agree with that?
5: Oh, no, I wouldn't agree with that. Um, the The Melbourne Commonwealth Games, which I competed competed in. Um, Cost about one billion dollars. That was 2006, and now obviously prices have gone up and things cost more, and lots of things have happened, and the world's changed. But the budget was two whatever million, two billion dollars. Now they're talking five, six, seven billion dollars. I, th- you know, I'm wondering if any of these uh, figures can be justified. I've just done a quick Google search. And the budget for the Brisbane Olympics in 2032 is $7 billion. So I'm not sure how a Commonwealth Games in three years' time can cost more or the same as an Olympic Games in 2032. So the figures are just thrown around. I'm not sure Wouldn't that... You want to your- see that
3: that's true. I mean, there's a lot of text saying similar things, saying how can we believe them? And that's in reference to whether or not the stadiums will be built or whether or not the housing will be built as well that's been promised. Bruce, really good to hear from you. Thank you. Paul's in Ringwood East. Good morning, Paul.
1: Hi Rochelle and Kirsten, um, yeah it doesn't affect me personally but I wonder whether it's something the Council of Australian Governments shouldn't be asked to consider apart from the benefits of cost sharing arrangements between the states and territories there's also the benefit of creating a leverage for a reduction in capital outlay from infrastructure that's already there um, at the national level I guess and mm-hmm. and I mean, how many times have we heard of principalities crying, decrying the exorbitant cost of putting on national sporting events such as Commonwealth Olympic Games and going into debt files? The program's already heard from various people in the community on the well, what I'm calling ambassadorial issues. What's the world going to think if, um, as well as the white elephant factor? Um, Mm. So I guess through um, what, yeah. So I just put simply, we're 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 a federation, and and we should be willing to be able to put political interests aside and start behaving like one for the rest of the world
3: to see. Good to hear from you, Paul. Thank you. I mean, Andrew has sent this text that says, I mean, they can't even finish the stand at Geelong. You know, what else are they not going to be able to finish? We can't fix the roads. The Games is shattering for regional Victoria and the government can only see Melbourne. That's it, Kirsten, is the reaction of just one of our texts.
0: And look, uh, the Commonwealth uh, Federation, Commonwealth Games Federation, says it was given eight hours' notice to move of the move to cancel the 2026 Games. It's put out a statement. Um, It's saying that it's hugely disappointing for the Commonwealth sports movements, for athletes around the Commonwealth, and the organising committee. Uh, The reasons given are financial. The numbers quoted to us today of 6 billion are 50% more than those advised to the Organising Committee Board at its meeting in June. So that's the reaction that's coming from the Commonwealth Games Federation, saying that they were disappointed that they were on a given eight hours notice and that no consideration Mm. was given to discussing the situation to jointly find solutions prior to this decision being reached by the government. That's uh, just come through uh, just uh, about 10 minutes ago.
3: Let's hear from another athlete. Madison Brown is a Commonwealth Games net Bola, who won gold in Glasgow in 2014, silver in the Gold Coast in 2018, the former Vixens captain, originally from Geelong, Madison, I guess you're kind of feeling this as a former Geelong resident, but also as an athlete. Is, uh, first things first, for Geelong, is there a loss in terms of the infrastructure left for grassroots sport?
11: Absolutely. Um, I thank you so much for having me on to have an opinion about this. It's obviously devastating as an athlete to see that the Victorian Government cannot push ahead with this. And I just, you know, in that conversation before, you're hearing that, you know, the Commonwealth Games Commission only found out eight hours before. You'd hope that they've gone to every avenue and tried to rule out every solution before we've made this really kind of knee-jerk. Um, reaction, but it is devastating not only for obviously um, regional areas like Geelong, but Ballarat and Bendigo and um, Shepparton and even Sayer All of these areas that were going to get that kind of mm. touch of what a Commonwealth Games is, and yeah, they're mi- they're missing infrastructure, and definitely from a netball point of view, we're looking to hopefully expand in our Super Suncorp like netball. Uh, obviously, league in the future. And the only way to potentially do that is to go out to regional, but we can't do that without the infrastructure. So I just hope that they stick to that promise and um, some of those buildings are continue to obviously be built.
3: As an athlete,
11: what does it mean
3: to compete at home, to, to compete in where you grew up, where your friends and family are?
11: Well, I obviously played in um, the Gold Coast one and just being on home soil was incredible, let alone for those... Queensland athletes that got to obviously do it in front of a lot more friends and family, Um, just seeing sometimes their, you know, their hometowns light up, um, you know, the passing of the baton and things like that, going through some of these areas um, was, you know, just incredible. Um, So it's important that we hopefully can continue to hold it within Mm. Australia. Um, And, yeah, it's obviously disappointing for a lot of athletes, but it's even disappointing for the young Kids that you know get to see some of these idols face to face and get that little bit more of a touch and go. Oh my goodness, maybe I'll play for Australia or compete in the Commonwealth Games or an Olympics in the future. So it's it's though it's the ripple effect that we just don't know how far it obviously goes on.
0: Madison, that was my next question. How important is it to keep it in Australia? We've seen that Perth Mayor. Um, tweet that Perth would be happy to have it, or you know, should be you know asking the premier to consider it. Uh, in New South Wales, a whole lot of sporting figures are saying let's go. Just uh, moments ago, the chair of sports, New South Wales, Chris Hall, has said that the state is ready to host an event of this scale. Would you like to see it uh, still in Australia? Absolutely. I think
11: it's important that we try and do everything we can to continue to hold it here. Um, I know, obviously, having played in a games, you know, abroad, but also on home soil, as I said, the, t- the touch of the community and um, how it expands out to a lot of different people. Sport sport in Australia is, like, for me, is obviously the blood and soul of some of our communities and things like that. So I think it's important that we keep it here and whichever state can do it, um, as I said, I'd, I'd be backing them in and going, all right, well, let's, let's give them everything we possibly can to make sure that we can continue to hold it here. But... I'm disappointed that obviously Victoria maybe haven't resorted all solutions and maybe, you know, obviously had those discussions with the Commonwealth Commission before going, all right, we can't because like a, a lot of other listeners, it's a bit like, why are we here now. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
3: Madison, thanks for your insights. Madison Brown is a former Commonwealth Games netballer, won gold in Glasgow back in 2014, silver in the Gold Coast in 2018. Rochelle and Kirsten, if you travel to Ballarat, you'll see the state of the historic train station. It's dilapidated. It has so many issues with accessibility. The community has been lobbying for restoration for years and this could be achieved and could have been achieved with the Commonwealth Games. That's from Allah who's in Anglesey.
1: ABC Radio Melbourne and
8: Victoria.
3: This is the Conversation Hour. Michelle Hunt with you in Melbourne. Kirsten Diprose, your co-host, joining you from ABC Warrnambool. Well, we were just talking netball. Let's continue to Lisa Alexander is the former coach of the Australian women's netball team, the Diamonds. Currently working in high performance. Lisa, unfortunately, I was the one that broke the news to you this morning with a, a voicemail message, and it's fair to say that you were shocked and really disappointed.
6: Uh, Yes, I think I used the word gob-smacked, literally. Um, My husband, we were just getting uh, fuel at Balan and we just both were in shock because we just weren't expecting that at all.
3: What are you shocked and disappointed about the most?
6: I think because, you know, when the bid went in, I was actually, you know surprised then because i thought oh well okay and it's a regional bid and then it really grew on me because i think because it was centered in regional victoria and it was a victorian bid it wasn't just a melbourne bid and so i think it had some great legacy you know for the country and and also all the infrastructure transport infrastructure etc i just thought it would really give an injection to our wonderful state um And at the end of the day, it's, you know, I'm just in shock.
0: What would it have meant for women's netball in particular?
6: Oh, in particular, it actually is authentically linked to um, the sport that is played by the most women out there in country Victoria, particularly in, um, you know, footy netball clubs around the regions. It's huge. I was just on the weekend at um, Eagle Hawk Football Netball Club with Gisborne Football Netball Club. They're going to be massively disappointed, especially Bendigo, who are really looking forward to the opportunity to host netball, to have, you know, netball um, teams, you know, descending on on the city and also providing that you know real role modeling for yeah. the young women in country victoria
3: and let's you know not be shy about this women's sport in general needs as much money as big a spotlight as possible it needs infrastructure so many sports women's sports even need change rooms for goodness sake this would have yeah. changed a lot of women's sport in regional victoria
6: dramatically it, it dramatically yes and that means infrastructure that means the actual courts that means playing inside uh where high performance netball is now played it's not it's not played outside anymore um, although it is obviously in all the country leagues around the state so for for me uh it's extremely disappointing for netball but also for us on the world stage i mean victoria you know, this is the Commonwealth Games. It's a big tournament. It's a big, um, you know, it's it's one of the highly prized trophies in world netball.
0: Lisa Alexander, I think you've made a really interesting point there mm. about the importance of netball in country towns because there is a criticism, which I think is a really fair one, about, you know, we're not all into athletics or, um, you know, the games that, that are played or part of a, a Com games but netball uh, is a little bit more significant in that regard in regional Victoria.
6: Yeah, look, netball is huge. It is, you know, it, it it is the sport that keeps many football netball clubs going, actually. Um, you know, that's when AFL, you know, I think it was around about 20 years ago, decided to embrace netball all of a sudden again because they realised that the, if they didn't provide a sporting outlet for women, they wouldn't have family clubs. You know, the AFL... I'm I'm really surprised that they are not kicking up a fuss about this as well because footy netball is huge in Victoria, especially in country Victoria. Lisa, we really appreciate your time and I'm sorry
3: to be the bearer of bad news to, that brought it to you today, but thanks so much for your insights. It's really important.
6: Thank, thank you very much.
3: Lisa Alexander there, the former coach of the Australian women's netball team, the Diamonds, still working in the industry. And she mentioned there, Bendigo and Eagle Hawk, Let's go to Fiona Parker, breakfast presenter in Bendigo in Central Victoria. And Fiona, you and I have spoken at length on this program about infrastructure, the importance to regional Vic, but in particular for Central Victoria. How disappointed will the Eagle Hawk Netball Club be?
12: Look, I think everyone across Bendigo who is looking forward to attending the Games or in some way benefiting from the Games being in Bendigo will be disappointed by the fact that that two-week sporting event, won't run here of course but just to be clear there are those who are saying well at least we're getting the legacy infrastructure projects that have been promised. So for example you're talking to Lisa Alexander and Madison before her uh, talking about sticking to the promise of building that infrastructure. Bendigo is supposed to be hosting the netball Jacinta Allen the Deputy Premier and Minister for the Commonwealth Games was very clear in the press conference earlier on this morning that Bendigo's Stadium will get that upgrade of the extra four courts. That project will go ahead. So that's a good thing. The Bendigo Showgrounds Exhibition Centre, the big expansion of that will be built. And the Lawn Bowls upgrades will go ahead as well because Bendigo was going to have the Lawn Bowls and ABC Central Victoria news journos here were calling the Bendigo Bowls Clubs when we heard this news this morning about the games being cancelled. And they told us they were absolutely gutted, but they are happy that Bendigo will still still get that legacy sporting infrastructure. So, you know, that's a good thing. But, I mean, you're right, Rochelle. It's been such a massive issue for regional Victoria. And you and I spoke for a whole hour about the tight deadline yeah, up Yeah, are we ready? I guess will there would be, be lots of people... And we don't have to worry about that anymore, do we? No, that's right. And you won't
3: be volunteering now either, Fex. I think we signed like you up that. to volunteer.
12: Do you think
3: that there will be a lot of people, whether it be in local government or in local business, that aren't surprised by this? Because one of the things that we were talking about is where one of the stadiums or there was some infrastructure that was due to be built and that was still at soil testing phase. Are a lot of people not surprised by some of this?
12: That's right. Well, the soil testing was being done at what was going to be the site of the Athletes' Village in Bendigo in Flora Hill and construction was due to start quite soon. They were closing off tenders. Uh, that whole site's been fenced off. It's It's been quite the um, you know centre of attention here in Bendigo. Um, knowing that we only had a couple of years to get it all sorted was uh, seeing a lot of people kind of holding their breaths on. Uh, so I guess in that way, knowing the tight deadlines, mm. it's not much of a surprise that the government's just looked at it and gone this can't be delivered at the cost you'd have to pay to get it done in time or the cost you'd have to pay full stop but nonetheless we still don't know uh, a few hours on from this announcement what will be on that spot because they're talking about social housing they're Mm. saying that they will go through with this massive uh, two billion dollars for regional Victoria and part of that is social housing. The Commonwealth Games Athletes Village was going to be transferred to at least part social housing after the Games. So will Bendigo's social housing go on that spot? And these questions are still to be answered.
3: Absolutely. And lots of people are saying that, like, how can we trust? How do we know? And how long will it take as well once that deadline is taken away? You're going to have a busy afternoon, no doubt, Fiona. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks. Fiona Parker, Breakfast Presenter in ABC in Bendigo in Central Victoria. David's in Torquay. Morning,
6: David. Good morning, Rochelle. How are you? Good. What do you reckon?
4: Uh, well, look, it has been a bit of a ha down here. Um, we just found out recently that uh, the 50-metre pool that we've been promised for probably a decade, Sarah Henderson, you might remember, had signs up notoriously saying all paid for until she lost a seat. And then Libby Coker ran with it a little bit, but it looked like it was going to go to Leopold. But we just found out they were going to put up a temporary pool here and then pull it down after the games. Mm. Yeah. So I did listen with interest to the Premier this morning and he said uh, Armstrong Creek, which is the next kind of town towards Geelong, they're going to get a uh, swimming facility. So I'm pretty happy about that. It's going to be a permanent one.
3: That's good. I mean, that's the thing. And if you can get permanent facilities out of this, and that's what we heard in parts of Bendigo and in Eagle Hawk as well, especially if netball goes from outdoors to indoors. I don't know, Kirsten, if you've played netball in the dead of winter and you
0: hands. <laughs> <laughs> Just I get asked every cold. year, but I don't. Uh, in the country, it's such a big thing, but I, I don't uh, play netball. I love watching it, though. Um, but And look, it is interesting and, and, and good that the, the government seems to be honouring the, the infrastructure upgrades. And, and again, Ballarat Stadium still to get that upgrade that it was promised as well. Uh, Dr Sue Brown is with us, the Director of International Sports Management with Federation University in Ballarat. Welcome to the program, Sue thank you. What's your reaction to, to all of this and how will it affect you and Ballarat?
2: Well I guess we've um, yeah, I, like everyone we're sort of a little bit shocked and taken back by the decision um, by the state government but from my perspective and I'm not involved in any, any sort of organising committees or anything um, or even local government um, regarding the Commonwealth Games but Look, in in part of me, um, it's sad that the fact that the games um, are not going going to head, but. There's another part of me that says is relieved to be honest because mm. I think the disruption that was going to happen to our local sport um, that used the the major um, facility here the where they were going to hold the athletics the virtually would have you know they virtually were going to have to rebuild it um, with all the the stand and a lot of that was going to be temporary and also putting an athletic track in there as well that was going to be ripped up so for me, part of that goes, I see that as a waste, um, yeah. where it, where things are temporary. I don't see the legacy of, of that at all. But you know what, I'm, I, 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 when I heard the, the rumours um, this morning that before it was actually announced, um, it was like, oh, no, you know, we do need some investment in sport infrastructure in, in you know, regional Victoria. There is no doubt about that. And But my thought, oh, no, that's not going ahead. But to hear the government say that they are going to honour that, to me, I think it's really exciting. And I think that i'd love to see investment in community sport participation by the state government as well because they really need it we you know we're getting this wonderful infrastructure um you know people in the country areas are really great volunteers they are really passionate about their sport but they need help so uh, you know there's yeah. messages, Sue, that are saying, look, the money just won't be there and it won't be there
3: for social housing either. And lots of people are sceptical as to whether or not it will happen or what sort of time frame it will happen in.
2: Does that concern you? Uh, oh, look, we've, you know, the promises have been made. Um, I, I think, to Did be it honest... It takes some I serious
3: community pressure, isn't it, to it keep is, those yeah. promises tight?
2: Absolutely. And I think that, um, to be honest, if I had a priority, um, I think housing is my number one. Um, you know, as much as I'm, I'm an advocate for sport and everything, but we, you know, we need housing, social housing, and people are desperate for that. So for me, um, that would be my biggest push. Um, you know, that's where local governments and all the agencies and bodies located in regional areas are going to have to be a
0: loud voice to be able to push for that. And then following that, then the sport infrastructure. <laughs> Well, that's the, that's the issue that we're, we're dealing with collectively as a state, isn't it? If it's going to cost, as the, the, the Premier's been saying, $7 billion uh, and instead of, you know, the, the two or three that was originally thought, then can we afford it? And we've, we're all having to make some big decisions, you know, with our own personal finances mm. of late. So, you know, it's got to happen at this level too.
2: Oh, absolutely! Look, I, you know, I, I was
0: actually quite surprised by the amount of money compared
2: to, well, even the Commonwealth, um, the Gold Coast, uh, the Commonwealth Games that we had in 2018. It's been reported, and I will say reported, that the cost of those was 1.5 million um, in staging the games. But you know, that's what's been reported. We always know it's more. Um, but to hear that amount, and I look, the Commonwealth Games have, have really had to; they virtually have re streamlined the, the cost of the, the games and the way it's hosted because countries can't really keep affording them and, and that's why we, we, we agreed to take these on because Birmingham which had their 2026 games, they moved theirs to the 2022 20, um, because of the um, you know, Durban, you know, in South Africa mm. um, had financial problems. So it's exactly. fought with a bit of danger with the hosting and, and staging these games. But uh, they moved the model so it would go into multiple regions and, you know, they multiple cities and regions to do that because they thought that, that was going to be more well cheaper for, for countries to host it. But I'm sort of thinking that maybe not the case because country or multiple cities need infrastructure built where if it's in a host city, it has infrastructure Mm. you can work around that so maybe it's actually backfired on them with that changing and trying to streamline the cost and of the games
0: so yeah uh, you make a very interesting point and just the logistical effort uh dr sue brown thank you so much for joining us my pleasure dr sue brown director of international sports management with federation university in ballarat and just that discussion about the Commonwealth Games and what it means to us still and does it have that legacy and meaning that it used to is a whole other discussion, but it is playing into this and interesting uh, just now the acting mayor of the Gold Coast, Donna Gates has said that the Gold Coast, which is the last Games host um, wouldn't be able to host the Commonwealth Games again um, if indeed they are held, is what Donna Gates has said. She said it would be very difficult for any city to host them in three years given what she called such a short time frame. You know what's fascinating in all of the time, not just today
3: but over the last year or so that we've been talking about the Commonwealth Games and the impact of the Commonwealth Games, I personally have very rarely thought about the 10 days, so to speak. I've thought about all of the long lasting impacts that it could potentially have on regional Victoria on all of the small surrounding towns on the participation in sport whether or not the train station gets an upgrade if the local sports ground gets an upgrade if a local business has the confidence to open or to stay open especially because of the last couple of years strangely when I've been thinking about the Commonwealth Games I haven't thought about the actual games and that was the first thing I thought today was if you live and work in that area How will that news impact you? And that's what I find fascinating, Kirsten.
0: Yeah, you know, when was the last time Shepparton got to be on a global stage and showcase the wonderful things of Shepparton? You know, you you just don't have that opportunity. Kirsten Diprose, as always, joining us from ABC Warnable. Thank you so
3: much.